it's Wednesday, June the 9th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, America's $250 billion R&D plan and China's spiking factory prices. First, the world in brief. America's Senate passed a bill giving the government $250 billion to spend on research and development for new technologies and to strengthen domestic production in key industries, such as semiconductors. Federal spending on R&D has been slashed in recent years. The legislation, which received bipartisan support, is aimed at helping America counter China's increasing competitive threat. It must now pass the House. Producer prices in China rose by 9% in May, compared with a year earlier, its biggest jump in 13 years. The increase will fuel worries that pricier Chinese exports will help to drive up global inflation. China's consumer price index was 1.3% over the same period. United Nations judges upheld the conviction for genocide, war crimes and crimes against humanity of Ratko Mladic, a former commander of the Bosnian Serb army. In 1995, men under his command slaughtered 8,000 Bosniak Muslims at the town of Srebrenica. Mr Mladic was arrested in 2011 after 16 years on the run. Having lost his appeal, he will now serve life in prison. Benjamin Netanyahu approved a controversial Israeli nationalist flag march through East Jerusalem. The march, which brings Jewish youths close to Muslim sites, ignited tension between Israel and Gaza in May before being cancelled. Israel's president said it could go ahead on June 15th, two days after a new coalition government is expected to win approval to replace his own. Some of the world's most visited websites crashed because of an outage of Fastly, a cloud computing platform used to help web pages load faster. Amazon, eBay, PayPal, Twitter and numerous news sites were among those affected by the failure in a content delivery network. Sites were offline for about an hour before the company fixed the problem. Google said alternative search engines will be listed for free as default web browser options on its Android devices in the European Union. The tech giant was fined 4.2 billion euros, 5.2 billion dollars by the block in 2018 for unfairly promoting its own search engine. In 2019, it agreed to list other browsers, but said rivals would have to pay a fee. A court in Ghana refused to grant bail to 21 gay rights activists. They were arrested almost three weeks ago. Police accused them of possessing books and leaflets with information on LGBT issues. Promoting gay rights is not illegal in Ghana, but gay sex is punishable by up to three years imprisonment. LGBT people have reported increased persecution in recent months. Fact of the day. Since Joe Biden became president in January, hunger rates in America have dropped by 43%. And correction. In yesterday's Espresso, we said that Jeff Bezos and his brother would be aboard the first space tourism flight of Blue Origin, Mr Bezos' space company, later this month. We got carried away. The launch is scheduled for next month. Sorry. And now, here's today's agenda. Paid in China. Rising global inflation. A jump in factory gate prices in the workshop of the world is sure to stoke fears about global inflation. Data released today showed that China's producer prices rose by 9% in May compared with a year earlier, the fastest increase in more than a decade. Combined with a stronger yuan and soaring shipping costs, that may soon filter into higher prices for made-in-China goods around the world. 
Still, alarm about inflation exported from China is easily overdone. The main triggers are the recovery in global goods demand and big supply disruptions. Chinese producers are absorbing some of the shocks. Consumer prices rose by just 1.3% in May from a year earlier, evidence that companies are taking lower margins. The hope is that, as the vaccine rollouts gain traction, people will spend more on services such as tourism and eating out, not just goods on e-commerce websites. That would ease the pressure on commodity prices. Political Science Funding Research in America America's Senate will soon pass the United States Innovation and Competition Act. It is billed as a game-changing investment in research. The money is sorely needed. Federal research funding, which pays off handsomely as future economic growth, has fallen for years. Yet the bill is a shadow of its former self. Previously, $100 billion was put aside for a new tech directorate within the National Science Foundation. Innovation experts were thrilled. The new directorate would have been modelled after the Defence Advanced Research Projects Agency, a wildly successful military research office responsible for funding projects that led to the internet and mRNA vaccines. Political horse trading has since winnowed ambitions. The new directorate will get only around $4 billion of funding. Senators have siphoned off funds for tenuously related amendments. But advocates for more funding say they will not look a gift horse in the mouth. The act is not perfect, but it is a start. Kangaroo Courts Alexei Navalny's Organisation on Trial A court in Russia will today continue to steamroll over the country's political opposition. The case, brought by Russia's security service, seeks to outlaw the organisations created by Alexei Navalny, a jailed opposition leader. The hearing will be held behind closed doors because the authorities have designated it a state secret. His anti-corruption organisation and regional network have been labelled as extremist outfits, equating them with Islamic State or Al-Qaeda. The trial will have all the trimmings of a legal process, judges, prosecutors and lawyers. But it is a political process with a thin veneer of legalism, part of a purge that has engulfed Russia since August, when Mr Navalny was poisoned with a nerve agent. His subsequent imprisonment radicalised politics and triggered a crackdown against opposition movements. With security services informally in charge of the courts, the outcome of the hearing is beyond doubt. Its political consequences are harder to predict. It's breezy down under. The world's most livable city. New Zealand's success in containing COVID-19 has been remarkable. The country of 4.9 million has recorded only 26 deaths owing to strict lockdown measures. Restaurants are already bustling again. An annual index published today by the Economist Intelligence Unit, a sister company of The Economist, finds that Auckland, a city in North New Zealand, is the most livable in the world. It scores 96 out of 100 on the index, which ranks 140 cities on stability, healthcare, culture and environment, education and infrastructure. Pre-pandemic, Auckland ranks 7th. Europe failed to prevent a second wave of COVID-19. Vienna, the capital of Austria, which occupied the top spot between 2018 and 2020, has now slipped down to 12th place on the index. The biggest fall in ranking is Hamburg, Germany, which lost 34 places. Damascus, Syria's capital, still smashed up from civil war, unsurprisingly remains the world's least livable city, 
Judging books by their covers. Jeanette Winterson burns hers. Many authors have disliked the covers of their own books. J.R.R. Tolkien took umbrage at a special edition of The Hobbit, produced in 1942, remarking, quote, Surely the paper wasted on that hideous dust cover could have been better used. Hunter S. Thompson claimed to have called his publishers, quote, fucking pigs over their design for Hell's Angels in 1967. Perhaps no writer has gone as far in their contempt as Jeanette Winterson. On Friday, the prize-winning novelist uploaded a photo to Twitter showing a pile of her republished works on fire in protest against their, quote, cosy little domestic blurbs. In a statement, Miss Winterson said that the artwork did not do justice to her writing and that the burning was needed to, quote, raise her spirits. But many observers were horrified, arguing that the image of book burning bears troubling symbolism of dictatorships past. Penguin, her publisher, is said to be, quote, fixing the problem. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Charles Dickens, who died on this day in 1870. It is a melancholy truth that even great men have their poor relations. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.